All right, it's that time of year again. We're wrapping around uh, college football season. We're sniffing, I should le- say at least. Uh, gonna talk about a lot of things today. We got the band back together. We got Alec Eid again and Trent Wasser. What's up, guys? Glad to be doing this again. The boys are back. Yep. I've been itching. I've been itching for the pod. Let's do it. Yeah, man. It's been fun. So uh, let's get right back into it. A lot of uh, people like enjoy it. So I want to shout out to everyone that listens at home. Appreciate the support. Let's get right into it. So um, let's talk about the big three first, man. Um, Trent, I'll give you the I'll give you the floor first, man. What team you want to start off with? Well, if you could ask me, then I'm going to go ahead and say the hometown Hurricanes. Um, yep. But, you know, it's hard to really predict these what what they're going to be able to accomplish this upcoming season just because of how poor they played last year and the coaching turnover and a huge player turnover obviously a lot of players transferred out and and, and obviously transferred in yeah. they got a really good recruiting class as well but i think there's a, a lack of trust right now between the fan base and the program especially this new coaching staff just because we really don't know what to expect um and they they did such a poor job last season that and I, I know I can speak for myself when I say, uh, you know, I'm not exactly thrilled with the outlook going forward. You know, I, I kind of have to wait and see for a, uh, for an exciting product for me to, for me to really get amped about this team. Um, I will say that they, they did improve their offensive line. They probably, they probably improved in every single uh, position group on the team, you know, from a personnel standpoint, but I, I don't know. It's it's there's a there's a there's a disconnect right now between me and Mario and what to expect with his <laughs> offense, uh, because it's it really just looked really poor last year. And I know that uh, Gaddis took the fall, but I think a lot of ha- a lot of it had to do with Mario as well. I do think that the defense is going to be much improved this year. I think that the defensive coordinator Lance Gidry they hired from uh, Marshall and then briefly Tulane. Um, I think he's a a really good coach. I think he's going to have these guys. Uh, playing really hard on defense, and I like the returning talent plus new talent we have on the <clears> defensive <throat> side of the ball. But I think offense, you know, my my brief outlook is that it's still going to be hard to score points until I see that Mario can implement a you know a a, a potent offense, an electric offense. Uh, but until then, it's it's going to be really hard to to see this team getting more than you know seven wins. You know, getting in that eight win range. It's just until they can show or prove to me otherwise, it's going to be hard for me to, to peg them as that good of a unit. Yeah. Um, and for the viewers at home that are, you know, follow UM and didn't have time to see what happened this off season, uh, Gaddis left or really got fired. Uh, they replaced him with Shannon Dawson. Uh, Trent, what school did he come out of exactly? I Dawson forgot. came from Houston. Yeah. From Houston. But, that's and correct. before that he was at West Virginia with, uh, uh, Gino. Yep. And then, um, yeah, Jason Taylor got hired full time now. Um, there was a lot of rumors, Trent and I, and Alec talked about this earlier, about how there was some real chance that Tyler Van Dyke was going to leave to Alabama. He ultimately stayed. So a lot of a lot of things happened this offseason. So, Alec, what do you think about all that? Well, um, you know, I want to give Trent props for being pretty level-headed. It's not every day she came <laughs> You know, have a have a realistic expectation of their season, but I it's definitely harder after last year to have a high expectation, and it's definitely a wake up call for the organization, for the fan base. Um, 
but it's year one. I said this all year long last year. Trent's very familiar um, and should only go up for, from here. Uh, I, I don't anticipate that they would have a similar season. I, worse. I, I could see. I could I could see a couple of uh, a couple of more wins coming their way and, and playing in closer games. You know, last year they lost a lot of games big, and uh, the the path you want to take is, you know, lose big, lose small, win small, win big. And I think any coach should be able to put four years on display, and, you know, and prove that they could do that. Um, one thing that Mario's done and will continue to do is recruit and, and specifically beef up the trenches. So a lot of the years in, in Oregon where they had their best offenses was when their O-line was really intact. And they also had a, a mobile quarterback, which I think is the direction that the team will be moving in uh, moving forward. But, you know, offensively, I've told Trent this off camera. I I don't think that Shannon Dawson was, you know, the number one choice on the uh, candidates list for this position. You know, an issue that was uh, present last year was maybe conflicts between Gaddis and Mario. And, and Mario has a system that he wants to implement. Um, and, and I, I think he may have some history with Dawson or is familiar with him. And I'm sure he came in because they have a similar idea of what they want to do. But Dawson has a lot. Multiple uh, jobs in different power five schools where, you know, it didn't necessarily pan out. So the offense, I, I think Trent's correct that um, it's going to be hard to expect it to be an explosive offense this year. But as long as they can get into a rhythm and figure out their bread and butter and, and hopefully they'll have these, you know, five-star Samoans get some real time <laughs> on the uh, O-line. And I'm hoping for the, the best there. But with the defense, um, I am happy with the hire of uh, my bad. I'm excited uh, because this guy's uh, super energetic, this DC. I've seen a lot of his interviews and uh, clips of him in the locker room, the types of speeches he's given. He's the kind of guy you want at DC, you know, the kind of guy you want to go run through a wall for. So defense was a big problem for the Canes last year. They gave up large a large amount of points to teams that shouldn't have been scored that much on them. So I think that that'll move in the right direction. But, you know, I, I think they have a real chance of making a bowl game, and that would be a successful year, in my opinion. <laughs> Man, that would suck just to have just a bowl game. You no, hit a I lot mean... of uh, you hit a lot of great points, Alec. But um, and and Trent, you mentioned this a lot earlier. Uh, I didn't realize this, but Mario Cristobal really does doesn't like to hand over the reins to an OC. It seems like he's doing no. that this year again, where he's uh, giving him a little bit of a uh, leverage, but not a bunch. What do you so? What do you think about it's, all this? It's it's he's had the same sort of style his entire head coaching career. He did it in Oregon. Um, he's doing it here. Uh, it's he's very very stubborn and that's an issue uh we saw a huge problem at Texas A&M this past season with Jimbo Fisher 
his offense was just flat out just not working. Uh, and fans and it, most of the college football world wanted his head for it. And this year, for the first time ever, he has given over the reins of his offense to Bobby Petrino, I'm pretty yep. sure, who he, who he brought in as his offensive coordinator. So we'll see what kind of offense, you know, if, they, if they're, you know, more productive this season than they were last season. But Mario's of that same mold where he doesn't, he doesn't really want his offense to change. He wants to run the offense the way he wants to, and and that's the end of that. So he, he hasn't really adapted to the modern ways of college football yet. And if he continues to do that, uh, I fear Miami's uh, projection is not uh, going to be too high. But I will say, I, I talked about it, the offensive line has, has steadily improved. I would say improved a lot. Um, because he, he got you know a f- couple five stars, one of them who's destined to start. He got a couple transfers, really really quality transfers, and Matt Lee, the center from UCF, and Javion Cohen, their guard, starting guard from Alabama. Both guys are are, are very talented in their respective positions. Uh, plus a couple of returners of guys that were good last year. So I I think the offensive line at, at the very least on paper is is, is much improved. The the defense the um. The backfield is is very deep so long as they stay healthy, uh, and the wide receiver room also got better from from transfers and a couple receivers. So I mean, on paper, they're a better team. They still have Van Dyke, but it will not make a difference if they continue to run the same boring offense that they ran last season. Yeah, um, and correct me if I'm wrong, Trent. I, I believe we talked about it last year. Um, we got to a point where I think you even said that as long as Mario Cristobal is, keeps being stubborn, that UM is really not going to go anywhere. No, they won't. They they won't go anywhere. Absolutely nowhere. Yeah, I I, I honestly agree with you, uh, Alec. Do you agree to that point? Yeah. And one thing that I want to reiterate is um, similar to Jimbo Fisher, they run an an old school kind of offense. Uh, Jimbo specifically, he runs like a pro style offense, which even in the NFL they're not doing anymore. You know, that's how outdated it is. And similarly, it's. Uh, their approaches and is you know run the ball, control the clock, control possession. Um, but the issue with that kind of offense is if you get down early, it's kind of hard to, to come back from that if you don't have that explosive capacity. Um, and like I said, in the year that Oregon won the the Pac-12, they they did have that explosive capacity and they were able to outscore other teams. So um, the defense really didn't come into play as much. Um, And I think that's the vision where they want their offense to be. Uh, It's all about finding the right pieces and, and and bringing everybody in. But the, the thing about the recruits is in year one, you can convince them that it was year one and it was a sloppy year. Yep. Uh, but we need you to come in and rebuild. Yeah. If if you have similar outlook in year two, it's it's hard to sell the team after yeah. that. And, and like, I've I've been saying that since since the last offseason. He can only use that same pitch for so long, which I'm sure that was his pitch to his top ten class. That look how bad we are. We need you to come in right away and contribute. And that may slide again for this next upcoming class as well. But that 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 well will will run dry very very fast. Yeah. You guys make some great points. I didn't even look at it that way, too. That's a very uh, good message. Um, guys, any last words on UM before I move on? Pray to God. 
<laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm gonna get into record. I don't think we'll do record predictions just yet. It's a little early, but yeah, um, I think we, we we everyone has a reasonable expectation about this year, and I think that's good because you can allow for progress and, and development and not be going for people's necks. You know, it's going to be a slower process, but there's always a chance that you get up blow up here. So it's better to set your expectation low. That's what I've done for years as an FSU <laughs> fan. It always works. <laughs> Uh, yeah, honestly, I've had that mentality for a couple of years now. So, uh, last year, I, I think we can honestly say that was one of the worst seasons in UM football history. I mean, that was pretty bad. Um, con- considering the expectations that this team had, everyone thought Van Dyke would take a step forward. This is a guy who was projected to be a first round quarterback last year and stayed for another year. So it shows you how bad things went. Um, all right, guys, let's get to, uh, the talk of the town really in Florida, that's FSU. Virtually they have a top 10 graded player at every position. Um, if th- this team couldn't be any more prepared to go virtually, have a chance to win it all. Uh, I, I don't know if I'll go that far, but they have a legitimate chance to make a playoff, I think, and even come out the ACC. Um, and the main story of this team is Jordan Travis. Uh, he took a huge leap last year. Uh, this year would not surprise me if he's in the Heisman running. Uh, he's been that good. Uh, Alec, you called it last year. I got to give you props to you. You said, watch out for this guy. And uh, he did nothing but good, man. They 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 lost a couple games last year, but they were the best team considering the losses they had. I mean, they could easily flip those losses all into wins. I mean, they had a close one in NC State, a couple other games too. But uh, Alec, I'll give you the floor first, man. What, what, what do you think about this FSU team this year? Well... Uh, there's a lot of good, there's a lot of, um, there's, there's still a couple of questions that we have, but there's definitely a lot of good, you know, the, the big stat that everyone is saying is that we have the um, highest amount of returning production from last year out of any other team. So as far as from, from an organization and program standpoint, it's good to see that in an era where people are chasing money and leaving every chance they get, uh, whether it be pro or to another team, you know, being able to convince people that may have had a ch- chance to get drafted to come back and and, ha- and make history if they do, you know, if they, they could break their own records or whatever it is, um, you know, that's definitely a positive for the program and for Norvell to be able to make that pitch and, and have it work. Um, but, you know, one of the things you said, Robert, was we, we had a stretch last year. We lost some games. It was three games in a row, um, smack dab in the middle of the season. We started 4-0. and we, Then we were 4-3, and and then we won our last, I think, six games, including the bowl game. Um, so it was kind of an up-and-down season, and I was happy to see how we finished. But those three losses came against the, the three toughest games uh you know, obviously LSU turned out to be a lot better than we thought, but Clemson, Wake Forest, and, and NC State were the three toughest opponents we had really going into that season. And all three of those games, we, we didn't look like uh, – we looked like a different team than the rest of the season where we were in control of the game, um, especially against Wake Forest. We had no idea what was going on with Hartman and their uh, mesh, whatever you call it, whatever mm-hmm. mesh offense. Um and the expectation this year is for us to win the ACC. You know, it, it's going to be tough to get out of the conference. Luckily, all we have to do is be in the top two uh, because they've gotten rid of divisions in the ACC. We stopped to play Clemson once and, and potentially twice at the end of the year. Um, 
my expectation is that we're, we're in contention and I'm, and I'm hoping that we can get there. I know that we can. Um, and if you can win an ACC championship, you, you know, you, you have an argument that you could be in the playoff as well. So the sky is the limit for this team. Um, but, you know, I, I don't think, I think only a few programs are allowed to have an expectation of playoff or national championship, you know, and that's your Georgia's and your Ohio State's and your Michigan's um, who's had, who have a history of winning 10 or more games in the last five seasons. And we just had our first 10 win season last year. We're going to see if we can maintain that success. Um, but truthfully, as a fan, if we can get another 10-win season, including a bowl game, I would be happy with that. You know, it would be sad that we couldn't go further, but it would not be a disappointing season by any means. So I'm excited, um, but I'm curious to hear what uh, Trent has to say. Yeah, <laughs> and looking at the schedule, like we're not going to predict records yet, but I think it's very, very feasible that you guys could win 11 or 12 games. Um that's just me. I don't want to overhype this team, but I really think it's deserved. I think they have a chance to do special things this year. But what about you, Trent? Um, the scariest college football teams are the ones that have returners, returning guys, and a lot of them, uh, including the coaching staff. Uh, you usually see a lot of national championship teams with a lot of guys that played on the team the year before. Um, not a lot of new head, not a lot of new guys, not a lot of turnover. It's just the same thing coming from the previous season. And you're basically getting that from FSU this year, minus Jamie Robinson, who is a great player, but he's really their only big loss. And then they got so many talented guys in the portal. Uh, Ventrell Cypress from Virginia, probably the best corner in the portal. Uh, Braden Fisk was probably the best defensive tackle in the portal. The best tight end and Jaheim Bell. Um, just loaded up in the portal with a lot, a lot of really talented guys. And um, anyone who's not, at least in ACC, anyone who's not in the ACC that isn't afraid of Florida State, I think is uh, crazy. As a UM fan, I'm, I mean, I think the spread right now is is, is 13 for <laughs> FSU. <laughs> I'm, 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 they're covering that right now. It's free money. So, um, oh, I got to sneeze. Sneeze won't come out. Um so I, I think FSU is, as long as they're, oh, excuse me, no so worries. long as they're, there it is, so, um, as long as they're healthy, I know Jordan Travis has had concerns throughout his career at Florida State, but so long as Jordan Travis can maintain his health, um, he'll be a top, at the, at the bare minimum, a top five quarterback, I think, in the country this year. Um, he's a, he's it's easy to see why he'd be an early Heisman, uh, maybe one of the you know early front runners. Um I think the FSU just looked really, really good last year. But to Alex's point, the one thing that was troubling was their inability to win their tough games. Um, the Clemson and Wake Forest and NC State losses uh, were tough. And the, and I, I firmly believe that at the very least they could have beaten NC State and, and potentially Wake Forest as well. Um, but – this is the year where they take that leap. Um, and, and in my opinion, I think they will. Um, I don't really see them losing those games, uh, especially not Wake Forest anymore without Hartman. I know that their offense is tricky and, and can be difficult to defend, but I don't think Wake Forest will be a problem anymore. It's really just Clemson. I think that Clemson, which they have not been able to get over that hump since they had uh, 
Jameis, I want to say maybe maybe uh, um, Francois, Alec can correct me on that if I'm wrong, but that's a team that's just at, at Florida State that hasn't been able to beat in, in quite some time, and that's who they got to get through to get to the ACC. So uh, this is, I think, this is the year where yeah, it's, they, been, it's been about eight. It's been like eight years. Yeah, think, so seven or eight so, years. So Jameis. It was James. Yeah, it was it was James. It wasn't anyone else. Yeah, so, so that's been quite some time. It's hard to expect. State. And that's that's another. I'm sorry to cut you off, but people are you know saying that we're the favorite in the ACC. It's just hard for me to say that because we haven't beaten them in um, almost a decade. I think Florida State has kind of earned the right to to be a favorite, even though they haven't beaten Clemson in the last eight years, just because of how well they played last year and who they have returning. Um, on paper, at the very least, they're just loaded. Like they are crazy loaded up and down the board, especially with these new uh, portal additions. I, I think that um, they are a a uh, a uh, you know I would say a top five, top seven caliber team in terms of talent on paper. Uh, with what they have going into next season, so it's it's plus what you know when you add how again how they played last season, they they've earned the right to to be favorites. I mean, I know Alec and myself, we don't like being favorites. We'd rather be the underdogs. We like being counted out because it just makes things easier on us. But they're a damn good team, and I mean, I'm I'm sure that Alec would love to hear someone who's not a Florida State fan say that because that's just that's the fact. That's the reality of the situation. Florida State is going to be very good next season. Um, I think Norvell has done a great job kind of building that culture at Florida State. You're seeing a lot of continuity with players and and you know, with the exception of Micah Pittman, you don't really see a lot of guys, at least starting guys, transfer out because they want to play for a guy like Mike. Um and I think what he's doing at Florida State in the first, I guess this is gonna be year four, um, is, is really impressive and and you know, it's as a UM fan, it's it's a little scary because they're they're rapidly uh, getting better than UM and UM looks like they're just stuck in the mud at the moment. <laughs> so, uh, I, I do expect big things from FSU next year. I think a 10 win season, another 10 win season is, is in the making. Um, but it's just a matter of, can they get over that hump of winning those big tough games? But I think that they're equipped to do that this season. Yeah. You guys said it best and I'm, I'm with you, Trent. I, I think, uh, FSU should be the favorite. I think they're that good. Um, I'm, I'm surprised we haven't talked about it yet, but for the exception of Blake Corum, I really believe Trey Benson has a chance to be the best college running back this year. I, I really like his game. He's, he's a dominant runner. Um, do you agree with that, Alec? Yeah, yeah, I do, I do think he's, he's got a shot. He almost had a thousand yards. You know, one of three backs, uh, and, and he was really getting number three time up until the injury of Treshawn Ward was our number one. And he since has um, transferred to Kansas State because the indication was that Benson was going to be our head guy. So I think that, you know, barring any injury, he's on the road to a thousand yard season. Uh, I, I didn't see many teams that were successful in stopping him last year. So I'm, I'm expecting the same. And our run game is going to be really crucial um, to our offensive success, and, and I'm I'm confident. In- um, I I like Trey Benson a lot. I think that he's going to be pretty special next year. But at the same time, 
you got to show a little bit of respect to some other running backs around the country. Obviously, mm-hmm. Corm, you, you said, is really good. Bucky Irving from Oregon is another guy coming yeah, back. Sure. That's probably yeah. going to lead their backfield next season. It's going to be great. Travion Henderson from Ohio State's a stud. Um, Frank Gore Jr. at Ole Miss was really, really good last year. I know it's kind of a random name, but he was he was awesome last year. But uh, you can definitely throw Benson in that conversation. I think now that he has control of that backfield and he will be the bell cow, um, I mean, I think a thousand yard season, I think is the is the the floor for him. But I just wanted to show a little bit of love to some other elite running yeah, backs. Yeah, of country. course, of course. Yeah, I mean, there's other ones too. Um, you mentioned some great names. Obviously, the Oregon backs good. Frank Gore Jr. Um, yeah, you're right. Um, any last words on FSU? Obviously, have we we all agree that they're probably gonna have a great year. Yeah, I would, I would like, I would think a, a ten wins, you know, a, a ten win floor is kind of what they're looking at, including uh, any bowl game they play. Um, but I, I think that you know, I, I, if I could pick right now, I would pick FSU to win the ACC. I, I'm actually 100 percent with you on that one. I agree, 100. percent Alex, any last say, words? Um, I would say, you know, if I could break it down and, and simplify it. I could just lay it out in four words. In Mike, we trust. <laughs> <laughs> well said, man. All right, let's get to uh, the last Florida team here. Well, I shouldn't say the last one, but the one that a lot of people really care about, that's the UF. Um, honestly, Alec and Trent, this team fell in shambles this offseason. A lot of things have happened, not in a good way. Um, just a lot of moving parts. Um Alec, I'll start with you first because you went to school there. Um, what What is your impression of this Florida team this year and what they're going to look like? A lot of question marks. Personally, I, I believe that they're in a worse situation than Miami is. Um, so in case there was any question about that, uh, <laughs> uh, that that's, my, that's my stance just because it's hard to be confident. You know, Napier, it's his first big gig, right? So... Um, He's kind of got the, the odds stacked up against him, and he's a young guy. He's, he's a great mind, and, you know, their offense ran swiftly last year, but we all know the reason why that was. Um, you know, as shaky as he may have been in, in a lot of games where they needed him to be, but Anthony Richardson was was the entire team. Uh, I, don't, I don't think they have nearly the season that they did. I don't think they are able to make a full game without him. And – you know, he was drafted fourth overall. Say what you want about whether or not he'll be good or not in the NFL. But clearly people saw that he has value and potential. And it, it just seems to me that Napier wasn't able to tap into that. Um, so that's a concern of mine. But but here's what I will say in the positive. They came into Tallahassee and, and they played a great game. And they gave us a run for our money. Came down to the end. Unfortunately, the Noles came out on top. Uh, but that's a tough thing to do, especially after a shaky season. The week before, they had lost to Vanderbilt. So, you know, I think that's a positive that he was able to go in there and, and inspire his team to come out and play and perform in that big game. Um, I don't think that it would – that, like I said about Shannon Dawson, I don't, I don't think that um, – what's his name from Wisconsin? I forgot his name now. Graham, Graham Mertz. Mertz. <laughs> I, I don't think I don't think Mertz was on the top of their list. You know, I remember hearing Hardman rumors that they were trying to make a move on him as well. Obviously, that didn't work out. He ended up in Notre Dame, but 
you know, you end up with merch. That's got to be number 10 on your list. If I have to <laughs> and, and you know what? If, if Grant Merch, if you're listening to this, you can probably throw the ball better than I can. And, and I have no place in telling you that you're not good. I think you have a chance. And hopefully you can prove me wrong. But, you know, to, to expect that their offense to be operating at the level it was last year where they are, I think it's a step down. So they're going to really have to be relying on the run game, which they do have a really good running back room. And they had one of the better offensive lines in the country last year, surprisingly. They were able to run the ball really well. But I think yeah. a reason for that, again, was because they had AR and uh, that um, he was a passing threat as well. So, you know, Correct. I, I'm not sure. I, but I, I think that they'll have uh, issues on the defense like they did last year as well. Uh, to me, Napier, you know, his, his seat's got to be feeling a little bit warm. And if they can't come out and put up a fight against their biggest rivals last year, they almost – they had a close game against Tennessee. That was impressive. They barely lost, and that was at Tennessee. They had a close game against Florida State, and they lost, and that was away as well. And they got the brakes beaten off of them by Georgia. But the thing is, it's, it's the Florida Gators, and, you know, the fan base – and the college football world is expecting them to compete with Georgia and be there at the top level. And that can't be an excuse like, oh, you know, Georgia's dominating the division. You know, you guys should be up there too. And that should be the expectation. Um, so if they don't get in near that this year, I think that there's definitely a conversation to be had uh, about Napier. Yeah. Well said, Alec. And, um, Correct me if I'm wrong. I believe the running back for UF is Travis Etienne's brother, correct? Beast. Yeah. Um, and another Beast. thing. Yeah, Trevor, Trevor, Trevor Etienne. Yeah. yeah. And in case you guys don't know, the older brother plays running back for the Jaguars. Really talented player. Played at Clemson. And another thing to your point on Anthony Richardson and the coach is there was a lot of reports that there was a lot of friction between the two. And part of the reason why he entered the draft is he just didn't want to play for Napier anymore. Who knows if that's true, but there was a lot of reports of that I trust that that actually happened. But, Trent, what do you think about this team? Yeah, I think that the Alec, Alec kind of mentioned it, that I think on paper Miami is actually a better team than Florida, um, at least talent-wise. Obviously, that doesn't mean anything because I can't tell you the amount of losses Miami had to a team they were better than on paper. But uh, I do think Florida – it's kind of lacking in that sort of, you know, the same way that, that, that Florida state has just kind of talent up and down the board. Florida does not really have that at all. I do recognize that their offensive line is going to be very good. They were, they were good last year. They're going to be good again this year. And their running backs are also very talented with Montreal Johnson. And then, as you mentioned, Trevor Etienne, both of those guys are beasts, but I mean, you have struggled a lot last year, mainly because of their inconsistency from the quarterback position. And I think, they're just getting worse at quarterback this year with Graham Mertz, who I'm sorry to say, I don't, don't I don't think he's a very good quarterback. I think that's a huge letdown as that's your premier transfer can, you know, quarterback. And that's, the, I, don't, I just don't think that he's going to do very well at Florida. Um, he didn't do that all that great at Wisconsin. So I, I think that's going to be their huge problem going forward is once again, another season of lack of a lot of production from their quarterback. Um, you can depend on your running backs only so much. And, I mean, don't get me wrong, they have good backs, but you're going to need good quarterback play, especially if you want to survive in the SEC. Um, they have some good returners on defense. Uh, Jason Marshall, Palmetto guy, stand-up represent, he's good. Kamari Wilson, another good player. But 
you know, I, I just don't see them getting enough done to be able to compete too much in the SEC. Um, obviously, Napier struggled last year in his first year with a number four overall quarterback. Um, you know, you could say what you want about him, but like Alex said, obviously the talent was there. The NFL certainly thought so and still wasn't able to succeed with him. So and now he's got Graham Mertz, uh, Graham Mertz at the behind the wheel. So I, I don't really I'm, I'm actually optimistic about Florida's season uh, this year. But I mean, we've seen bigger surprises, but uh, I, I do think that right now, Florida and Miami are kind of in that same. I don't want to call them the same because I'm I'm very, very pessimistic about Miami right now. But they're in that same kind of tier of, you know, there's not a lot of uh optimism looking into this next season just because of of lack of whatever they're lacking in, in Miami's case it's the lack of offensive game planning in Florida's case it's the lack of production out of their quarterbacks so uh I, I would peg uh Florida having another six seven one season kind of similar to UM but I'm I'm not very uh thrilled about their roster uh going forward. Yeah. Um honestly I'm not gonna lie guys I actually am I don't I'm I'm not as down on Mertz as as you guys are, I think he's actually not that bad. I think uh really depends on the offense they have this year for him, but I think he could get the job done as, as far as just to sustain the offense. I don't think he's going to take anything over the top. Obviously he's not the sexiest quarterback in the world, but I think he could do the job there. I really do. I think they can have a decent season and maybe make a bowl game, but I don't think they're going to win like three, four, maybe five. I think they could win six, seven issues. Yeah, for sure. I think a bowl game is 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 likely for them, but that's that shouldn't be the the same for Miami. That shouldn't be Florida, the, yeah, the standard. I yeah, I agree. Uh, it's it's a great point, Robert, because I I think that uh, my guess is, you know, they're going to be really heavily relying on the run, and as long as he can be a manager and not make too many mistakes, you don't need him to be a freak and a leader. Um, you know, if they can have success in other places, but. If you look, I, I think they have um, one of the toughest schedules, not only in the SEC, but in the whole country this year. I know that they um, – actually, I'm pulling it up now. We got – They got Utah, Tennessee, In the first month. So, the, the, those are their three of their first four games. Listen to this, Georgia, Alec. In, in the, last, the last five games of the season, it's Georgia, Arkansas, who, who has K.J. Jefferson back. LSU, who has a chance to make a title run this year, uh, Missouri, who's respectful, and Florida State, Florida State man, oh, that's boy. a tough schedule. Oh boy! Yeah, so so it's hard. It, it, I think you will be happy with a bowl game this year, just considering that schedule. And, and then also, it's it's about how you perform in the games you lose as well. I mean, it, when it comes to fan base morale, you want to at least put up a fight against these top teams. Um, and not be so embarrassing. So that's really what you're looking for this year, uh, more than anything else. And if you can grab some wins here and there, that'd be great. Yeah, you said it well, Trent. Um, yeah, I'm I'm kind of with Alec here. I mean, looking at their schedule, also, I would also be thrilled with a with a bowl game if I'm Florida. But I mean, man, there's a chance they win five games just because this is a very very tough schedule. Um, yeah. And there's going to be the the 50-50 games that who knows if they can make it out, and that's Kentucky, South Carolina, Arkansas. I mean, those are those aren't easy games either, and those are the easier games on the schedule. So, uh, by a five six win season is very very plausible. Yep. With this team. 
All right, guys, uh, that's enough talk for the big three. We have plenty of more to talk about them over the next couple of months. Let's quickly do a quick Power 5 preview. Uh, Trent, I'll give you the floor first, man. Um, well, where, where do we want to start? What, what conference do you think you want to – I mean, we kind of touched over the ACC with Florida State, so um, we can kind of move into, I guess, the Big Ten, which which has been, a, I guess, a pretty heavy conference, pretty pretty popular conference. The last Let's go there. Years. Let's go there. Let's um, – what about Ohio State? Let's start with them first. Yeah, Obviously, I mean – they lost C.J. Stroud. Um, you guys would know better than me. I haven't really paid attention to this. Who Who's their starting quarterback now? It's it's someone who I I just had him. Uh, what's his name? Um, Kyle, Kyle McCord. Kyle, yeah, Kyle, Kyle McCord. McCord yeah. Um, who is unknown to me? Stroud coming in was uh was obviously the big five star. Started as a true freshman, and that that's kind of how Ohio State has been over the last few years. They had Stroud before Stroud. It was Haskins before Haskins was J T. Barrett. I mean, they have just like this long lineage of QBs of guys that came in as freshmen or earlier in their career, and they kind of just took off from there. This is different. They don't have that uh, that guy coming in of, of it's going to be McCord. So McCord's already a junior. So there's a little bit of uncertainty there at the quarterback position, which will be the first time that Ohio State has had uncertainty at the quarterback position in years. Um, so that's my only real concern with them. They're still stacked up and down. They have Marvin Harris, a junior still, <laughs> who's uh, you know one of the best receivers that we've we've seen in college football. Um, they have, I mean, they have Carnell Tate, who's coming as true freshman. They have um, Brandon Innes, who's the, who's the best receiver in the country coming in from high school. Julian Fleming's returning as well, and a, another star. Um, and then the running backs with Mayan Williams and Trayvon Henderson. They're, they're just loaded, and then it's the same goes for the defensive side of the ball. They're loaded. The only question mark I have is for the quarterback and McCord. Um, I don't really know what's going to happen there or how he's going to produce. I'm a little uh, foreign foreign to him in that situation, but that's my only concern with Ohio State. Now, on, on the other on the other end, you got Michigan, who has a uh, the returning quarterback in J.J. McCarthy. Uh, yep. Blake Corum's returning, who was the best running back in football last season, um, and a lot of other returns ac- across the board. So I think it's going to be – I, I I wouldn't be surprised if Michigan was the favorite to win the Big Ten this year just because of the returners. Um, and Michigan Michigan won Big Ten last year, right? Yes, they did. Yeah, so I mean, I I, I think that winning the Big Ten, beating they've they've had a little bit of a success over Ohio State the last few years. Um, I, I think that Michigan is once again going to be the favorite in the Big Ten, but uh, there's there's a lot of talent on both of those teams. You're gonna see a lot of NFL players play during that game, so it's it's gonna be interesting. Yeah, and Alec, just to before you go, just for the viewers at home who don't know who Marvin Harrison Jr. is, this is a guy who I legitimately think can win the Heisman this year. I think he's that talented of a player. Usually it's a quarterback award, but if there's anyone that can give him a run for their money this year, it's it's him. He's that talented. Well, remember, I, I, he, he had Stroud though. It's it's yeah. The production could be different. Without I agree. Stroud. I agree. I agree. Um, and Michigan, um, JJ McCarthy really earned my respect last year. I was really skeptical about him, but he really turned it up. Uh, big, big time throws. Like I said, he's not the sexiest quarterback, but uh, he's proven that he can get the job done, uh, makes big time throws when they need them. And Blake Coram's obviously a beast. He had an injury last year, which really kind of screwed him over. But, uh, yeah, everyone's healthy returning. And Jim Harbaugh has proven that he can finally win that game in Ohio State. So it's going to be interesting. But, uh, Alec, what do you think about those two teams? Well, I'll say instead of saying, "Oh, he had Stroud," I think it's 
Stroud had him. Let's be real. I mean, this guy yeah. is insanely talented, and um, you know, not, it wasn't just him that Stroud had. But I, I'm not trying to argue here. But I just wanted to mention, I, I do think he's good, and I, as long as you can throw the ball in his general direction, he'll be able able to go up and get it. <laughs> um, so it, Ohio State, like I said earlier. It's one of those teams where the expectation is national championship. And I absolutely expect them to be there at the end of the year in consideration for the playoff. And nine times out of ten, or like it's happened pretty much every year in the last five years, it comes down to who wins that game at the end of the year, Ohio State or Michigan. But you know what? Ohio State got the got the crap kicked out of them last year, and they still made the damn playoff. Mm-hmm. And they still showed that they were deserving of being there. So, yeah, you know, Stroud and Stroud had one of his best games uh, yeah. that game against Georgia, and he was very impressive. Uh, he he really impressed me because I didn't think he was as special as people were uh, saying that he was, but he definitely earned my respect. Uh, I, I think Ohio State is a dynasty. If there is one, uh, they're definitely one of them, and. There's no reason why you shouldn't expect them to be there. But it's a system that has been in place for years, going back to Urban Meyer, that Ryan Day has taken over and been able to maintain. And it's hard to give Ryan Day crap, even though they lost to Michigan two years in a row, because they were still able to almost go out and beat the national champion last year, only on on the worst field goal we've ever seen that they lose that game. Um, So... I expect them to be there in Michigan. It's going to be hard to sustain that success. Like I, you know, Ohio State has been able to, and they've proven that regardless of the coach. I'm interested to see if Michigan will be able to do that as well. Um, but it seems like they built a pretty good system over there too. Yeah. But out of the Big Ten, those are the only two th- teams that I think we'll be talking about or that we should be talking about. There probably will be an 11-win random team. You know, you have new coaches in Wisconsin and, and Nebraska, um, and Iowa is always a good team, but they're nowhere near those those other two. So um, I'm interested to see Ohio State's response after last year, and I think regardless of the QB, uh, he's probably pretty good to be at Ohio State, and they'll have talent to make him good uh, around him. So. I'm interested to see how they respond and, and if they could maybe make a serious run this year. Yeah. Uh, quick side note, I just because I just saw on Twitter, like right now, Ohio State has hired former NFL head coach Joe Philbin as an offensive analyst. Oh, God. So it's safe to say <laughs> that they're going to be a pretty potent <laughs> offense this year. In case you guys don't know who that is at home, that's the former <laughs> Dolphins coach, head coach. Uh was a disaster when he was there. But uh, had Aaron Rodgers in his prime and did pretty well before that. So you never know. And by the way, the answer um, – Trent from and Alec, from what I'm seeing here, it's not really 100% given that McCord might win the job. They're saying that Devin Brown has a chance. Yeah, no, you're right. Job. It's a for sure. And I think Brown is more of that blue chip. I think, uh, I think uh, yeah, Devin Brown was the number five quarterback in his class coming out. So he would kind of fit more of the mold of what Ohio State has done over the past, you know, eight years, whatever, in terms of getting that blue chip quarterback that they recruited you know, that starting role early in his career. So I wouldn't be surprised to see him start either. Yeah. Um, guys, any last words on these two teams? No, nah, I mean, they're, they're blue chippers. So, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't expect, uh, 
for these guys to have very disappointing seasons. Yeah, and to the people listening at home, we'll talk about these teams more throughout the year. We're just previewing some stuff, but um, this is not because we hate these teams. There's just a lot to talk about in a short amount of time. Um, guys, let's quickly go over to, uh, honestly, a pretty interesting team this year. Um, that's Texas. Uh, they have Quinn Ewers as their starting quarterback. They got the really hot commodity that everyone's talking about for years in uh, Arch Manning. He's going to be the backup. One of the highly anticipated freshmen coming in, he chose Texas. Uh, Steve Sarkeesian's there, obviously. Uh, the, they they look good as of late last year. Um, let's start with you, Alec. What what are your expectations for uh, this Texas team this year? You think they're finally uh, get over the hump? Uh, it'll be their best chance to, but I think they really had a solid <laughs> shot last year and they folded. Um, now, they did win some pretty big games. They almost beat Alabama. They blew out Oklahoma and their biggest rival. Um, and in games that they won, they were able to do it convincingly. They just slipped up a couple of times, and you hope that they could tighten up the screws. Um, but I, I am I am confident in Sark. You know, I said it all last year. They don't call it Sark mania for nothing. <laughs> um so I, I would anticipate a lot of ups and downs. That really is just the nature of that conference because they're, you know, maybe they don't get enough credit because their records don't show it, but there's five or six really solid football programs, with really good teams in that conference. And um, it's hard to get through the big 12 unscathed. It almost never happens. Last year, TCU did it in the regular season, and then they lost the Big 12 championship to Kansas State. So it's just a testament to how difficult it is to win in that conference. So, you know, do I think they'll have a good team? Absolutely. It's just hard for me to, to um, say that they'll be able to be in the playoff because it's just going to be so hard to get out of there. And, you know, TCU is going to have the same team. I'm sure we'll talk about these other teams uh, more or less without Doug and and, and a couple of star talent, but they've been able to fill in a lot of holes in the transfer portal. Kansas State was a great team last year, and looking up this year, um, Baylor and Aranda on the rise. So, and, and I'm sure there's a couple other teams that I'm missing. Venables in his second year. So, um, it'll be interesting, but but they have everything they need. This will be Ewer's third year, or no, maybe second year. I don't know, but he's he's established and he understands the program. Um, you know, their offense is going to be explosive, and uh, I expect them to do well. Uh, I don't think that they'll have a disappointing season. It's just hard to expect that they'll be in the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Trent, listen, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I believe this is year three of Steve Sarkeesian now, right? Mm-hmm. Or is it? And look, when he got hired, expectations were sky high, but also realistic. But honestly, man, year three of a, of a talented quarterback in Quinn Ewers, I mean – if I was a fan of Texas, I would expect big results this year, considering the level of the coach Steve Sarkeesian. In. And honestly, Quinn Ewers is a talented quarterback. He got a lot, a lot of hype coming out of high school. I think he left high school a year early to join this team. Um, and look, looking at their schedule briefly, I mean, they play Alabama the second week, but I don't see why they can't win the rest of the games. I mean, there's a couple tough ones, but considering Steve Sarkeesian and the quarterback when they have and the talent they have, it's uh, – I. I they should have a good year. I mean, look, I think Texas last season is probably the first time I've I've watched Texas play, and they've kind of shown me something that I hadn't seen in the decade past, and that is that they were able to win and compete in big games. 
Um, obviously, they 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 lost some that they shouldn't have lost, but uh, I saw a little bit of different juice from Texas last season. And, and to your point, their schedule isn't super terrifying. I know Alabama is, is more than likely going to be a loss, but um, I think that Quinn Ewers is, is, is pretty good. I think if he didn't get hurt last season, they probably would have had more wins. Um, and then if he can stay healthy this year, I think that it's this is a team that should be the favorite to win the Big 12 in my eyes. Um, I don't think that Oklahoma is anything special just yet. I, I'm not a huge fan of Dylan Gabriel. Uh, TCU, I don't think, even though, as Alec mentioned, they, they filled a lot of holes in the portal, a lot of good players. They still lost Duggan and Quinn Johnson, and I think that's going to be really, really crucial to them. Um, I don't expect them to have the season that they had last year again. Um, and I, I just think I, – I actually think Kansas State is going to be pretty good. I think Kansas State is going to be the – the, the the competing team of Texas in the Big 12 yeah, next year. Yeah, that was my sleeper team this year. I, I, I like Kansas State a lot. I think Trayshawn Ward adding to their backfield is going to be pretty big for them. Uh, they have a lot of returners as well. But uh, I think Texas can be good. I, I know they lost Bijan, and there's some uncertainty in the in the backfield. But you're talking another team with a lot of returners, including Ewers. Um, I think Sark found some things that worked last season offensively. Um and I, I, you know, I wouldn't go ahead and say Texas is a is a playoff team because that's just, I think that's just way too much of a reach. But to say that they can compete for the Big Twelve, I think is right in their sweet spot. Um, I think they're very capable of winning the Big Twelve this year. But I just don't want to go as far to say as they're a playoff team. Um, I do expect the Ewers to play all season. However, I, I don't think that uh, I don't think Arch Manning is as good as advertised. That's just my opinion. I haven't seen. I didn't see anything in his high school tape or in his spring game to suggest that he was the number one quarterback in the country uh, or this, you know, crazy prospect that everyone says he is. So I think Ewers is pretty good, uh, but I wouldn't go ahead and pay Manning as that kid. But um, I think Texas, is a lot, I, I just don't, I don't think Manning, you know I don't think he's that special. I, like, I, I was going to, I was going to say, I'm completely on Trent's side. I think uh, the, the name Manning is really reaching to a lot of, you know, Look, don't get me wrong. Picks. I think he's, I think he's a talented quarterback. I think I he's deserving. I think he's deserving of, of you know, being being offered by by all these schools. I don't. I'm I'm not disagreeing with that. But to say that he's the number one quarterback in his class and this all time prospect, I think is just a little too much. Considering that in his same class, I think that he's not even the best quarterback. I think Nico. I'm not even going to dare say his last name uh, <laughs> at Tennessee was a better prospect than Manning and watching his game film. I, I, I just think that he's the better quarterback. Yeah. So, um, but we'll see. I mean, Manning's time will come, uh, next, next year. season. I'm yep. sure when Ewers is gone, I mean, uh, that's what the assumption that Ewers, uh, declares for the draft, but, um, I'm, I'm not sold on Manning. Well, there's plenty of time to talk about Manning, but I, I actually on Trent's side on this one and to quick little note on, on Kansas state, uh, Klein is back. He signed an extension. I think that's really big for them. Uh, yeah. But in terms of Texas, Alec, what do you think? Sorry, my, my mic no, was muted. No worries. Um, yeah, no, like I said, um, I, just going back to the Manning thing, you know, I, I'm not a, a big fan of him or anything like that. I just, you know, I, I think that uh, he's a Manning, so he'll probably fall, you know. <laughs> but but um, yeah, I mean, look, you, you said you don't think they'll beat Alabama. I think they have a shot. They, they almost did last year out, you know, given it was at home. 
and they're going to have to go into Tuscaloosa this year. But um, well, here's the thing about Alabama, and I don't know if we're going to be have time to talk about the SEC. Uh, yeah, today, we'll talk about but, it next week. But yeah, but I mean, I think they have a little bit of uncertainty. I mean, who's starting a QB for Alabama? Um, I have no idea. It's it's a battle for sure. Because they just got this guy from Notre Dame who's not good, uh, Buckner, not good. You know uh, how they I feel got, about him. <laughs> oh, okay. So they have Jalen Milrow, young kid, uh, talented player coming out of high school, and Eli Holstein, who's another talented kid coming out of high school this year. Um, but these are, again, unproven quarterbacks that have not played a lot. Uh, I don't think Buckner will play this year. That, that'd be a little crazy. I think Jalen Milrow will probably be the starter this year. But – He's not Bryce Young. I don't think he will be Bryce Young. Uh, and I think that that might be a little bit of a drop-off in terms of Alabama's offense this year. Now, obviously, they're going to be loaded everywhere else, especially on the offensive line. But, I mean, I wouldn't say that, going to what Alex said, I wouldn't say it'd be a reach to say that Texas can beat or can't beat Alabama and Tuscaloosa because, honestly, I think they can. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, they they have a, they have a very tough schedule. I, I was going to – you know, maybe on another pod, like we said, but there's a lot of concern, I think, with Alabama this year, not only losing their quarterback, but they got to play Texas. And they're, and they're Sark's, right a former, Sark's a former coach of his. They got to play A&M, which laugh at him or not. Jimbo, you know, he always seems to show up against Nick Saban. And, um, you know, he's a former coach. They have to play LSU, I'm pretty sure. Uh, but there may be another former coach that he has to play. It's not going to be easy for them. Um but, yeah, I guess we're talking about Texas, so I don't want to get too off the top. <laughs> yeah. Um, look, it's gonna. they're definitely an interesting team for sure. Uh, I'm going to be watching a lot of the games this year from them. But uh, we'll get plenty of time to talk about Manning and, and all the big teams next week. But uh, any last words on Texas? No, I mean, I, I think that um... – we cover most I, of I it. Th- I think it, they can be a 10-win team or they could be a you know a 7-win team. I think that that's just the unpredictability with Texas. But I think it's – I'm leaning more towards them getting, you know, towards closer to 10 and competing for that Big 12 championship. Yeah. As Alec would say, Sark mania. Yeah, it's, 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 a, it, it's a thing. <laughs> yes, sir. Ups and downs. Ups and downs. Man. All right, let's get to the last team for today we're going to talk about, um, and that is Colorado, probably the hottest team of the town to talk about. Yeah. Uh, they're getting a lot of noise. Uh, Deion Sanders pissing off a lot of people in the transfer portal and what he's doing. But uh, I think it's great for college football what he's doing at Colorado. Obviously, they haven't played a game yet, but uh, his son, Shair Sanders, I believe is his name, is getting a lot of hype at quarterback. And we talked about this early in the group chat, but if Shire Sanders is is the real deal, I believe Alec uh, mentioned that they could legitimately win like nine games, right? He's muted. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I – Look, I, I don't know about nine. I think if Shadur is as advertised, which I think is a little bit of a stretch, um, then, yeah, I wouldn't rule out nine wins. I personally don't think they'll get nine this season. Um, I think they'll make a bowl game. I think that's. I think, I think a bowl game should be the floor for them this season. Um, but Shadur has never played Power 5 football before. You know, he's, his career has been at uh, Jackson State. He, he hasn't played against – power five defenses yet yep. um, to go ahead and peg him as the star, I think is a little premature. Um not saying that he won't be. I just don't think that it's, it's fair to say that he will be just yet. Um, and I know that Colorado has attacked the, the portal pretty hard, but I mean, there's, there's one thing, but you know, there's one thing that to acquire a lot of bodies in the portal, which is what Colorado has done this off season. And then it's another thing to do with Florida state 
did, and that's to be selective with which players you acquire. But all of those players are just top level elite players. I mean, Florida State probably grabbed four players that were number one in their position in the portal. So I'll take that over what Colorado did any day of the week. Um, uh, it's it's a it's a quality over quantity type of thing. But obviously, Colorado still has a lot of talent with Travis Hunter and now uh, prize possession for Monty uh, McLean. <laughs> but um, I think they're they're equipped enough to to compete in this Pac-12. I think that again, like I said, the the bull. The bowl game is their floor. I think they have more than enough to compete and, and get into that eight-win range, seven-eight-win range. But I think uh, uh, Shadur is going to have to prove himself, prove himself a little, a little bit before I uh, make that um, prediction that they win nine games. Yeah. How about you, Alex? Yeah, I mean, it, it's hard to get a grasp on. You know, they won one game last year, but it's a completely different team, coach, system, everything. Um, so what they're doing is unlike anything anyone's ever done in college football, you know, it's a new era and um, I don't, it, it's hard to get a grasp on how well they'll perform, but you know, nine wins, that's, that's a lot to expect. Um, you know, I, I don't know if I would go that far, but my, you know, guess is that he'll be able to sustain the success that he's had uh, and, and, you know, one of the reasons they had to do that quantity over quality is because they didn't really have a lot of bargaining power with these top guys, you know, other than I'm Deion Sanders. And that really only works on, you know, defensive backs more than anything, as Trent and I both know. So, um, you know, they're an exciting team and they're going to be at the talk of the town, similar to like how the NBA, all they talk about is the Lakers, even though they're garbage. <laughs> Um, it's going to be a similar situation, <laughs> I think, but he'll be there and, and, you know, let's say he turns it around in a couple of years, he'll be out of there and he'll go somewhere else. But, you know, I guess just buckle in and enjoy the ride. If you're a Colorado fan and what you're going to see is probably better than anything your team has done in like 30 years. So it'll, it'll be, it'll be good. So yeah. I think that, uh, this year, you know, at least in comparison to other years, you're going to see it's not going to be easy to play at Colorado this season. Um, I think that the fan base has been very, very active since Dion got there. I mean, they had their spring game, and I've never seen a stadium so full in my life for a spring <laughs> game. I mean, not an empty seat in that place. So I can't imagine the regular season. Um, so it may not be as easy to play in Colorado as it once was. but And also playing in the Pac-12, you know, it's you, you could be in a tougher conference. So um I think that their schedule is favorable. Uh with you know, they gotta play Nebraska, Colorado State, Arizona State, Stanford, uh, Oregon State, Arizona. There, there's some tough games in there. I mean, UCLA, Utah, Oregon to name a couple to name a few, but um I, I think that it's it's not that hard to start fresh in a conference like the Pac twelve. Um and then now Potentially with a with a huge home field advantage behind your back really really makes things a lot easier. Um, but it's going to be interesting. I mean, there's there's a lot of uncertainty in terms of how Dion is going to attack this first season and how his personnel is going to adapt to him. But I mean, if you ask me, I think this is probably a seven win team, something in that area. Because like Alex said, this is a one win team last season. That's very it's fair. Not, yeah, it's not easy to just flip that in one season. It's it, it takes time, like like in all sports. I think I talked about this about the NBA the other day, but um, 
I, I could see them jumping six wins, you know, a six win improvement um this season. Yep. Uh well said. Uh any last words, Alec, on this team? Yeah, well, the one thing about the big uh, Pac-12, one thing I want to add is you really need, you know, big uh, offense, explosive offense to succeed. You know, a lot of teams that come out usually have good quarterbacks and, um, you know, know, a lot of plays downfield. And if if they're able to get that going, um, then I I think they have a shot. That's going to be the big question for me, not necessarily their defense because – It'll be hard. It'll be hard for any team uh, to stop, you know, Bo Nix or now DJ in Oregon State, or you know, I'm, I'm it's slipping my mind now. But there's like, oh Utah, you know, like yeah, a I mean, the, of top teams, uh, uh, the, to- the top dogs in the Pac-12 are are going to be difficult to to beat. That's Oregon, Utah, USC, maybe Oregon State. But I mean, I, I just don't see any USC, scenario yeah, that's where, where, one. where Colorado can. Can get over that that hump and get into that next tier with those guys. Yeah, and by the way, something I I just found out around. I think it's a pretty big hire for them. Uh, Mike Zimmer is their defensive coordinator. Colorado, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dion's got the kind of crazy. <laughs> got the pull to get that coaching staff. Um, Mike Zimmer's a bump. Um, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> I, I think Mike Zimmer's a, a good DC, but um, coaching can get only get you so far. You're gonna have to have the personnel on the field. I just don't think that Colorado stacks up. Talent wise to these other blue um, top teams in the conference, they they can survive most of their conference, but to get over that, you know, to get into that top tier of the Pac-12, I just don't think they're there yet. I will say this: I I'm a, I'm a believer that no matter the roster you have, if you have a quarterback that excels, uh, anything is possible, man. Yeah, I'm with you, and I, I just but the thing is, I just don't know if we can say that with with Sanders because, like I said, he's played his exactly. whole life at in, at Jackson State. He hasn't. He has not seen a, a power five defense just yet. I mean, I think the who do they open with? They open with TCU. So he's gotta yeah. he's gotta go against TCU this very first game in the power five. So he's gonna get a a wake up call in his very first game. So and by the way, uh you guys would be surprised, but Shahir Sanders uh Heisman trophy odds are actually not like completely crazy. They were very high when he when he transferred into uh I'm not, I don't know why you wanna say Harlow. He had good odds when he transferred to Yeah. Colorado. I don't know how, but I mean, we're learning right now in the NBA playoffs that the Vegas odds makers don't really know anything. <laughs> but um, I thought that was interesting. I, I didn't. I didn't really buy into that. Well, I think it makes a little bit of sense because you know historically a Heisman winner is accompanied by a lot of media following and support, and you know that the camera is going to be on them all year. So as long as he could win some big games, his name's going to be up there. It'll be a big story. This guy transfers from an HBCU, and he's now taking, you know, this team that was doing nothing and turning him into something. So, yeah, yeah also probably some of it. Just a side note, because we talked about um, Oregon and the, and uh, Utah and USC <laughs> as these top-tier Pac-12 teams. I don't think we should sleep on UCLA. I think Chip Kelly kind of did some things with them last season that, that – that, uh, that kind of gained a little bit of respect throughout the country. And they have Dante Moore coming in as their starting quarterback, who was the number three quarterback in the country. Yeah, uh, you're right. Chip five-star. Um, <laughs> and I think that uh, Kelly could do some things with him. He's, he's pretty mobile, has a great arm. Um, I think UCLA is another team that can't be slept on in the Pac-12. Yeah. 
All right, guys, like always, for everyone listening at home, I promise you we're going to get to your Georgias and your Bamas and your Clemsons and your USCs, but uh, only so many teams we could talk about a certain amount of time. But we'll get to all that soon. All I know is at least we're right around the corner from college football again, man. It's going to be fun. There. Yep. Yeah, man, I'm excited, and I'm glad you said that because I definitely do want to talk about these other teams. Um, you know, there's yeah. a lot to be said. We'll and... start to get it at it next week. Yeah, USC, we got plenty to say there. You know, if they don't win the championship, I don't know what the hell's going on. Well, so yeah, we're, we're going to be we'll on get to that next week. Bum Rushmore, as, uh, as I remember. <laughs> so. <laughs> so, all right, guys. Well, thanks for coming on, everyone. Thanks for listening at home, and uh, we'll be back at it next week. Yes, sir. See you next week. Always a pleasure.